got a problem here And it's more than just Alvin's dream and Punisher When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival Laughing non-stop, case drops on a cycle Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? It might as well stay up Lies being told like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza Bougie ain't an option, it's the wage Take it to the grave, add moving to the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative murder Hello and welcome to Affirmative Murder the Equal Opportunity Murder Podcast. I'm your host, Alvin Williams, and alongside me, as always, is my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Hello, people. That's that's Swedish, if you didn't know. It means hello. That's Swedish for him. I'm going to keep it simple with a nice hello. Um, also, while we're on the subject of, you know, all the different nationalities and everything, I just want to give a shout out to all our, you know, our, you know, 45 listeners, however many we at. It might not be a lot, but it's scattered throughout the throughout the whole globe. Yes. And I want to give a special thank you to anybody from those different countries who went on to the uh, iTunes and left a glowing review. We got some amazing reviews. Really appreciate that. If, if it hasn't been made clear by now with the uh, upgrade and sound equipment, I know it sounds illustrious and, cr- and crazy right now. We do want this to be a cool thing. We want to we want to expand our listenership. You know, we think that we have a mission that is both fun and necessary because as we speak, I'm tracking a disparity that is happening in the North American region right now between my man Cleophis Cooksey in Phoenix, Arizona, and this fucking Toronto serial killer whose name escapes me right now. I read a story about this guy on the Time Magazine website. The Daily Post did a story on him. He was on... uh. What's that show that Stephanie watches? Law and Order? No. What? Crime show. They're like, they do exposés on people. We did a story, the trans, we did a, there was a trans story that we did on Inside Edition. Oh. They did an expose about this Toronto serial killer on Inside Edition. I've seen him everywhere. Both of these stories happened about three weeks ago in like middle of January. Oh, so is this, is this the update? This is the update okay. so far. Okay. I'm still tracking the progress. Okay. But as of right now, the Cleophis Cooksey story has died. I believe his rap, uh, his his numbers on his YouTube video might have went from 4K to 4.5K. While the man in Toronto, who I cannot remember his name right now, has been getting... I mean, it's a, the to say lopsided coverage is, is an understatement. I haven't... Everything that I've... Any research I've done on Cleophis Cooksey has been from, like, Phoenix Press, Mm -hmm. the Phoenix News, the Phoenix whatever, the Phoenix Daily Globe. I mean, the guy... It's just, like, local stuff. It's local stories. Mm -hmm. You know, I just happen to be able to curate it off of Google. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you type in Bruce MacArthur, it's his name. That's his name. just came to me. If you type in Bruce MacArthur in Google right now, I mean, you'll get videos, stories from... Very, like, well-respected magazines and papers, and, you know, you'll be able to watch videos about this man and how, you know, oh, nobody suspected him, and it was crazy, and people say he's innocent, and it came out of nowhere. There's none of this happening for Cleophis Cooksey right now, a.k.a. Cleo. Well, no, it's like Young Paypola. It's like rap names? Yeah, it's like, oh, like Young Y-U-N-G Paypola, something like that. Anyway... Um, so to say the coverage is lopsided would be an understatement. And just take a guess as to why the co- that might be. Cleophis versus Bruce. 
That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say who's what, what's what. You take that and run with it where you will. But again, I want to thank anybody who's left us a nice iTunes review or anybody who's just left us, left us like positive feedback on Twitter or Facebook. It really does mean a lot to us. We love interacting with you guys and just talking about what we like to talk about. And it really makes us feel like what we're doing isn't a waste of time because we like to talk about these things that, you know, people aren't really talking about too much. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to the people on the Facebook group. There's currently a bidding war of sorts, a battle going on for what to call people who listen to this podcast. I saw that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, as of right now, I think some of the front runners are uh, Affirmiacs, um, Affirminators. Let's see. Affirmiacs. I like that one. Affirmiacs was a good one. The top three, in my opinion, right now. Again, it's up to you guys because I'm not going to call myself any of these things. My name's Alvin. So it really is what you guys will call yourselves and what you want us to re, you know, refer to you guys as. So right now, the, the top three, in my opinion, again, and anybody that has anything to add is welcome to it. Please, it's, it's open forum. If you have a suggestion, give it. But right Can't now, do a poll? I don't, not on Facebook. Not on Facebook. I could do a Twitter poll. But, I mean, we, got, you know, we have some older. Get it together. We have some people that are, you know, like diehard they're on facebook or on twitter like mm -hmm. I, I interact with people on twitter that don't have facebook right. or, or vice versa so mm -hmm. it, you won't get a full the full brute of the whole 45 you know what i mean like so we only you know we got 20 on facebook and then we got 25 on twitter so mm -hmm. we're not getting the full power to allegiance you know i say allegiance because y'all don't have a name yet but the top three <laughs> right now is affirmix affirmates and uh affirmians i like that too um, my suggestion was the minority Titans, but you know, you're looking at me crazy. That's cool. That's fine. Whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. That's fine. You know, whatever. It's up to you guys, whatever you guys want to call yourselves, let us know and we'll, 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 we'll work on it. And that's what we will dub you as. Um, this is a time for learning though. Um, there's no need to lie folks, you know, don't be ashamed of the things that you've done. Because the rooster always comes home to roost. Wow. Or something like that. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. Fran, I'm ready to hear your affirmative murder this week, please. Okay, my affirmative murder this week is another white guy. Okay. Only because nice. No, keep it diverse, I'm on, man. I'm on I a mean, roll. I'm on a roll with these 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 hometown these hometown murders. Okay. I'm on a roll right now. I, 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 I mean, I really enjoyed the one you told last week. It was really cool. I was able to visualize where you were going. It was. It yeah. was. Some people might might say that that was too local of a story because they don't know where the Best Buy is. Mm -hmm. But fuck them. Yeah. I like it. I agree. I enjoyed it. So deal with it. How about you Google Maps the Best Buy in the White Marsh Shopping Center? Shut the fuck up. But yeah, no. The true definition of diversity. Is to include white people as well sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, this is a minority podcast, but the more minorities we do, white people, in fact, become the minority. Yeah. And we are at episode 20. Whoa. So we are. This is episode this 20? This is episode 20. Oh, man. So two out of 20, that's a minority. Yeah. So go ahead. Do your white guy. Okay. <clears throat> so convicted Baltimore killer Joseph Metheny. Have you heard of him? I've never heard of him. No. Okay. It all started back in July of 1994. I was at work. I was a truck driver. I was working overtime this one night when I got off and went home, as I always did. But when I opened the door and turned on the light, I noticed there was nothing there. 
my old lady had Ooh. taken everything, including my son, and left me. Mm. Her leaving was not my problem, but she took my six year old my six year old son with her. She was a crack addict and a worthless piece of shit. I'm sure he was also dabbled in crack as well. Yeah, I'm sure she was. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you guys. You treated her super well. And yeah, she like just, she was just. Yeah, she was the only she one just, just doing just like, crazy, and right. she just left because because she's crazy. Yeah. Um, I would have paid her to get out of my life. All she had to do was take my son over to my mother's house, and she could have, and she could have every everything else and be gone. I found out about six months later she had moved on the other side of town with with some asshole that had her out selling her ass for drugs. Mm. They got busted for drugs, and they took my son away from them for for child neglect and child abuse. Mm. Um, I had no chance of going to social service and trying to get my son back due because to my I'm past. A crackhead. Yeah, due to my <laughs> due to my criminal due to my past criminal record. <laughs> so I took it upon myself with the hatred I had for these two who lost my son to go looking for them. Mm. I had found out from someone that they was going under the bridge and getting high with some homeless motherfuckers who live under the bridge. Oh, bridge people. I went under there looking for them. They were not there, but these two homeless motherfuckers stick. <laughs> he just yeah, this guy's angry. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Uh, oh shit. I went under there looking for them. They were not there, but the but the two homeless motherfuckers that got high with them were down there. They were passed out on some old stinking mattress. That's where they would. That's where they were when I left. Except they were dead from being chopped for being chopped up. Chopped up? Yeah. Oh, so he found them that way. Is what he's saying? No, he he's did, saying oh, he chopped I did them it. up. Yeah, he just mm. he went down there looking for his old lady. Couldn't find them, so somebody had to get oh, this yeah. axe. So he, I guess he know these two people because they used to get high all together. Yeah, so, so I'm like, killing oh, any affiliates. They're not here, so I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Also, the nerve of him to be like these gross people get high under their bridge. I would bet. Any money I have in the bank that he got high under that same bridge at some point in his life. Remember sure be, this whole this whole like first person story of you being able to be like, she was a dirty crackhead and she got high under a bridge with gross bridge crackheads. The nerve of her! It's like you lived in a trailer <laughs> with you guys had a common interest. Right. I'm sure one of them was smoking crack together, and I'm sure you chopped up two people that probably considered you friends. Or you probably was you wasn't you wasn't uh. Having no more crack, he wasn't giving me no more crack, so I had to go. Yeah. Except what am I gonna not smoke crack? <laughs> Earl, what's his name? Joe. What am I gonna not smoke yeah. crack? Joe. <laughs> no, I'm gonna take Joe Junior. I'm gonna get high on crack. Cause so, this is the awful life of Joe Junior. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he chopped those two guys up. Jesus. The same night, I lured the first crack whore down under that bridge. I got her high and was trying to get information out of her. Got her high. Just off some crack he just happened to have. <laughs> he just he bought it for the purpose of killing crackheads. Maybe he took it, maybe he took it from the two guys that he killed. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't his personal stash of crack. And I'm sure he didn't smoke it either with her when he lured her. Like, I'm sure he didn't like lure her down there by getting high on crack with her. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah, so he said, I got her high and was trying to get information out of her about my old lady's whereabouts. She acted like she didn't know. So I beat the hell out of her and raped her as raped her ass and then killed her. Jesus. I put, I put her I put her in some bush, some bushes and went and lured the second bitch down there. <clears throat> yeah, so this dude. This is all in one night. Yeah, this is all in one night. Oh God. And this is after a work day. He said he got off, just got off of work. So he got off of work, went home, saw his, that his, his wife old lady and his son. Oh, out there. all of this is in one night. All this is one night. Wait, no, that's impossible. Because he had kid to be got taken away. So, Six months later. I said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. 
I got caught up in the story. It's yeah, just, this, this, you this you just you turned it into an incredible <laughs> in story with that that's part. How I wanted, that's like, how I wanted. I was like, to be, it couldn't be. I them. wanted him to like <laughs> get off work at like three. My stuff's gone. Home. Oh, let me get my axe. Everybody dies tonight. That's impossible. I mean, that's how, I that's, that's crazy, but that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So six months later, he he he. This is one night. Six months later. Yeah. But this is all one night. Yeah. This is okay. All one okay. Night. Cool. Yeah. 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 So. uh I put her in some bushes and so went. So he's at three right now. Three, three murders. Yep. Yeah, okay. I put her in some bushes and went and lured the second bitch down there. I mm. did the same to her as the last one. But as I was about to throw her in the bushes with the other one, I noticed oh. an old black man down by the river fishing looking back up at me. Jesus. I grabbed a steel pipe that was laying by and ran down on him and laid his ass. Oi, that's not what he said. It laid his head wide open. Oh. So I put I the- mean, this, has, <laughs> this sounds like Friday the 13th or something. He just taken out. He everybody. everybody. You're I'm, a witness? Oh, you you got to go. But that guy wasn't a witness. <laughs> he was fishing. He, he saw him. He said he looked oh, back he looked at back. him. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. For anybody that don't know this guy, look him up. His name is Joe Matheny. This guy is 340 pounds. Oh, massive? He's a big, uh, a big makes, fat that, dude. That makes even more sense. Because the things you're describing are that of, like, the juggernaut from X-Men. I mean, like... To be able to hack up two people takes much strength. To drag a woman down to wherever, bushes or whatever, rape her, splitting guys' skulls open. I mean, this guy's an animal. Oh, so this dude was 450 pounds. Oh. He's a 450-pound mm. monster is what he... Yeah, so I grabbed the steel pipe that was laying by and ran down on him and laid his head wide open. So I put the two girls and him in the river and weighed them down with rocks. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a very busy night for me. Five murders within about seven hours. I I washed up in that river and cleaned up the crime scene as much as I could. Then left. Two and a half two and a half weeks later, I was arrested and charged with the murder of the two men I chopped up. I spent close to eighteen months in the Baltimore City Jail waiting to go to, waiting to go to trial. The trial lasted one week and it was thrown out of the court because of the lack of evidence. I'm sorry. He it was thrown out of court because of the lack of evidence. And I think well, I also read another article is that he showed. The police, where he put, put the, the bodies, bodies, but they couldn't find them. Okay. I was like, how the hell does that even... So he said, like, I killed these people, but, oh, they're not here now. Yeah, so they had no evidence. Just because you say you did it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. So he, he's saying, that night I killed five people, and then I did and, 18 months in jail, and then I was free. Well, he did... He he did that in seven hours, and then two and a half weeks later, I think he got arrested for it. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. like, now we're saying, but I only did 18 months for all of that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. That's that's crazy. Yep, yep. so it was thrown out of the court because of lack of it. So I was free again. I went back and talked to my old boss into giving my job back to me at the pallet company. There was a little trailer on the property, so I told my boss to let me stay there, and I could keep an eye on the place. He agreed to this and gave me the keys to the front gate and main building. The company, the company was on a dead end roll and was very isolated. It was perfect for what I wanted to do. I lured two more crack whores up there Jeez. to my trailer. I killed and butchered the butchered their bodies. I cut the meat up and mm. put it in some Tupperware bowls, then put it in the freezer. I buried the remains in several shallow graves in a little woods behind the company. Mm-hmm. Over the next couple weeks, on the weekends, I opened up a little open pit beef stand. Mm. I had I had real roast beef pork sandwiches and why not they were very good the human body taste was very similar to pork if you mix it together no one can tell the difference that's disgusting and that is i'm mad that you did this story because 
when I read this story a few months ago, it took me a couple it like just recently because for the, anybody who's not from here, pit beef is like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Pit beef is pit beef isn't everywhere if, if you didn't know that. But like it's not it's not it's like not a, like everywhere like snowballs. No, like it's like snowballs. Yeah, like everybody doesn't have snow. Everywhere doesn't have snowballs. Right. Everybody, everybody doesn't have pit beef. But yeah, pit beef is basically like sliced thin meat sandwiches. You mm-hmm. put your own barbecue sauce or whatever on them. It's delicious. And when I read the story, I was like, oh well, I guess I can't eat pit beef anymore because literally. The whole tradition of pit beef is like they're little shacks, like yeah. they're little beat up little yep. stands, mm-hmm. and you know that's typically where I've had the best pit beef from. Yeah, but it could be some guy's back. You don't know. <laughs> it could be somebody's back meat. Continue. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So everything was going pretty good until I ran out of my own special meat. Fucking guy calls it his special meat. His people meat. <laughs> so man. I. So Joe. I lured. So I lured another bitch up into my. Tra- Jesus, He's just man. going off with the b word, Who man. Who is He's- he? <laughs> He can't talks see. like Rodney Dangerfield or something. So I lured a bitch down there. She was a real <laughs> fat bitch. You know what I mean? I mean, she had fucking gams on her. So I cut her back meat off and I put it in my special meat containers. This bitch had gams on her. What are you talking about? Um, I got her in there and started to rip her clothes off, knocking the hell out of her. She was screaming, but there was no one around to hear her except me. This is nightmarish, man. Yep. And I just kept on laughing at her. Oh. I turned around and for a, I turned around for a split second, and that was and that was my mistake, for she ran out the door before I could get to her. So this guy, he was just having a, he's <laughs> and she bitch darted <laughs> yeah. out the door and he's four hundred fifty pounds so he's there's not, no yeah, way yeah. he's not going to treat. He got his hands on you, it's over with. But if yeah. you can get uh, 10, 15 yards, you you you're you're, you're home free. Yeah. That is, he was having so much fun brutalizing this woman that he got distracted. That's that's insane. Like, I was just having a good time laughing and punching her. And then I turned around one second to put on some music because I love music when I beat. And she got away. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I guess he didn't think she, she, she she's brave enough. Yeah. Shit. Or maybe he thought he knocked her out. Or I don't know. That's cra- That's insane. But you and his little ass trip, this guy's 450 pounds. In the middle of no. So it's so isolated that nobody could hear you scream. That's fucking crazy. I mean, it sounds like a place like this is from, like, a fucking a horror movie. That's crazy. I picture, all, like, it's in the woods, and all the none of the trees have yep. leaves on yep. them. So and that's how, and and I used to deliver to a pallet company, and that's exactly how it looks. It's just pallets all over the fucking place, and it's just trees. It's all Pallet companies always sit by themselves. They never, like, it's close to anything. That's nuts. So there was an eight, a eight-foot chain-link fence with a barbed wire on top around it. Wait, on mm. top of it and around the around the front of the company. There was a stack of wooden pallets next to the fence about 10 feet high. That bitch scaled those pallets like a monkey, and she jumped the fence and ran down the main road where some guy in a pickup truck picked her up and took her to a nearby gas station where they called the cops. Well, I knew the cops were on their way, but I didn't run. Probably because you couldn't. Yeah. I gathered up her clothing. (laughs) You weigh 450 pounds. You knew the police. You should have said, I knew the police were coming, but I couldn't run. I gathered up her clothing, grabbed the keys to the gate, and went out and opened it. As soon as I stepped out the gate... A cop car pulled up, and the cop jumped out and pulled his gun on me and told me to get on the ground, and that was where I, and that was where it all came to an end. They took me down and booked me. She had told them that I was, that I said I was going to kill her, like the, like the rest, which was true. They had me sitting in a little room down at a homicide, drilling me and damn near kissing my ass, <laughs> trying to find out what I had done. They pulled. 
They pulled me out of the city jail every day for one month, taking me back and forth between the company and the bridge. I had them going crazy over the company digging up the remains of the two bitches there because I had their remains buried in seven different holes. The only thing I feel bad about any of in any of this is that I didn't get I didn't get to murder the two motherfuckers I was really looking for. Oh shit, I forgot and about that was my ex old lady and the bastard she hooked up with. I forgot that that's even where this whole thing came yeah. from. He went on, he's opened up a small business. And just completely forgot about his whole vendetta. I, I think he forgot about that too. I think his whole reason for doing it. I think he could, he just was like, "Oh, this shit is fun. I'm, yeah. I'm having a good time." So that shit probably hit him like in jail. Like, damn, I I didn't kill Cheryl <laughs> so, or Mark. Yep. Well, shit. So he said, "Well, that's my story. Horrible, horrible but true." So he probably was like, yeah. "Horrible but true." <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> look up the look up the court case. It happened. I know it sounds crazy, but it happened. <laughs> So, horrible but true. So the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand yeah. that you never seen before, mm. make sure you think about the story, this story before you take a bite out of that sandwich. And sometimes, I will again. sometimes you never know who you may be eating. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then he winked and it went bing. God, this guy's gross. Yeah. Well, now I will, and I guess I won't be eating pit, pit beef for another six. So months. that was Joe Matheny. Uh, please, please look this guy up. Please look him up. He looks like a uh, albino bear or like a hairless bear. And, yeah, and I mean, he walks up with you to a, a pipe or an axe? Yeah. That guy, that, the guy was fishing pipe was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because yeah, I'm sure he didn't run. Heard him, I'm definitely. sure he didn't run. Yeah, no. Because no. <laughs> I just thought... You, I was, you, you're 450 pounds. You're not sneaking up on anything. <laughs> you definitely saw him. But I mean, him walking up with the pipe behind his back. Yeah, man, like, hey, like, man, did you yeah. see what happened up there? I just wanted to explain to you. Bing! Bing! Yep. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it went down. Wow, yeah, um, Joe Matheny. Yep, Joe Matheny. Yeah, that's a local story. I rem- I remember reading that story like on Ranker or something like that a couple months ago. Terrifying yeah, cause story. Because I, I saw the name when I saw the name, I was like, I don't think I heard this guy. Then I saw his picture, I was like, mm-hmm. Yep, I remember this. I, remember I mean, that's, this I mean, that story really is something out of a nightmare. It's so it's so crazy that it it doesn't even sound real. But it is real because I, I just recently joined like a thing that happened in Baltimore page on Facebook. I did too. And that was on there. People were like, Do you remember this guy? Do you ever eat at his pit beast? That's thing? why I, that's why I looked it up. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> it definitely happened. Like it de- I don't remember I don't remember what year it happened, but I mean that Whew that's He ended up dying in prison also. He ended up dying. I'm sure he had a heart yeah. attack because he okay. weighed four hundred and fifty pounds and eight people. Oh, he got super skinny. Did he? Yes, he did. He got super skinny while he was in prison. And a couple other articles, they was talking about that. He used to hang out at a bar in Hailthorpe. And I used to work out there. And I used to deliver it to that bar. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. They probably got some stories, man. That shit is crazy. Who, Joe? Oh, Joe used to come in here all the time. Yep. Yeah. Stories like that. All right, people. So um, whether or not you have a pit beef stand in your town, just watch the meat that you eat. All right. And we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder this week? Just let me sip some water real quick. Mm. All right. You hydrated? Yep. So. Okay, cool. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is that of Charles Sabaraj. Okay. A.K.A. Like the Serpent, A.K.A. the Bikini Killer. Hmm. Okay. So Charles Sabaraj was born April 6, 1944 in Saigon, Vietnam, mm-hmm. and was the son of an Indian father and a Vietnamese mother. He spent part of his childhood on the rough streets of Saigon, and after his mother married an officer in the French army, he split his time between Indochina and France. Placed in a French boarding school, 
Sabaraj gave a taste of what was to come by attempting to run away back to Saigon multiple times by sea. Like he would like try to get on boats. He made it pretty far one time, but he never quite made it to Saigon. But he would like hop on boats and just try to go back to Saigon. Um, wow. I guess he didn't like it there. He's like, get out of my room, mom. I don't want to <laughs> be here anymore. I hate him. I hate my new stepdad. And he like hop on a boat and leave. <laughs> um, as a teenager, Sabaraj began committing petty crimes. He received his first jail sentence for burglary in 1963. His sentence was served at a prison near Paris. Sabaraj had a knack for manipulation and used it to get special favors from prison workers, such as being, a, being allowed to keep books in his cell. Sabaraj even convinced a wealthy young prison volunteer named Felix de Escon to let him live with him upon his release. Wow. So this guy, as the story goes on, I'm going to put it out here now so you people can understand. I would say for this guy to not, if I mean, people might know him, but I've never heard of this guy. And this guy is like the Vietnamese Ted Bundy. Like he was a good looking guy. It sounds like it. He was a good looking guy. He was charismatic. Everybody loved him. He had a, like a silver tongue. He was able to convince people to do whatever mm-hmm. he wanted them to do. Yeah. And and uh, he was a he was a big time like petty thief. Like as the story goes, on, I would compare him like between like Ted Bundy and like Robin Hood. But then the story turns left. Mm-hmm. So at first you're like, wow, this guy's fun and like dangerous. But mm-hmm. then it turns left. So I'm gonna jump back into the story though. Shortly after his release, after getting settled in as Felix's new roommate. Charles began a relationship with Chantal. That's Chantal, sorry. Chantal Campagnan. It's one of those Mm. things where it's like G N A N Campagnan. Chantal Campagnan. A young Parisian woman from a conservative family. Mm. Sabaraj proposed to Chantal, but was arrested the same day for evading police while driving a stolen vehicle. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So he's a winner. What, he stole the ring or something? No, he stole the car. Uh, oh. <laughs> and then drove to her house in the car to and propose. to propose. And the police were like, we've been chasing you all day in that stolen car. And then he got arrested. Uh, he was sentenced to eight months in prison. Chantal, however, remained loyal and they married upon his release. Okay. Salute. She held him down. Yeah. Probably put some money on his books, you know, mm-hmm. got him some ding dong, some ho-hos and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Put some money on, got some commissary money up. It wasn't long before they were bouncing around Europe, engaging in crimes like robbery and smuggling. So they were Both doing, of them? Yeah. They were oh, doing like shit. a Bonnie and Clyde okay. kind of thing. In 1973, Charles was arrested and imprisoned in Mumbai after an unsuccessful armed robbery attempt on a jewelry store. However, he was able to escape with the help of his wife, Chantal, mm. faking an illness. Mm. But they were <laughs> they were recaptured shortly after. But she, uh, once again, right held down. him the hell down. Like, Look, I need you to pretend like you're throwing up. and uh, oh, I'm dying. And then he snuck out the back door. Right and down. then she was like, oh, I'm not sick anymore. And then she got up and what, met him outside and they ran away. But they got caught not long after that. Sabaraj borrowed bail money from his father and Chant- and Chantal and him fled to Kabul soon after. So he borrowed money from his dad to make bail and then skipped town, leaving his I think when you like when you do that, they're like, take your house or whatever. You have to like the whole point of bail is like the bail bondsman pays the 10 percent or 12 percent or whatever. And then once you get once you go, once you go to your court. They get the money back. Oh. The bail's company does. Oh, really? Yeah. I never knew how it worked. Yeah. So like, so like the the court needs twelve thousand dollars. It's like a loan. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lump sum loan. So like the bail, your bail is a hundred thousand dollars. You need ten thousand dollars. The bail company gives you get the the mom or whoever the sibling is to give. They give you the ten thousand dollars. 
based on you putting a lien on your house or some kind of Dang. you have something that's you're good for ten thousand dollars. Like you you have to prove to the bills bondman that I don't have ten thousand oh, dollars right okay. now, but you can if I don't get you ten thousand dollars, you can have my house or you can have my car or Whoa. whatever. That's how bail bonds bail bondsmen work. But the thing is, with bail bondsmen is they get reimbursed from the court. So they so get they, their money back and they get your money. Well, they get their money back and they so like you need ten thousand dollars. Okay, well it's going to be thirteen thousand dollars for interest for yeah for for us to make a profit. But the oh. whole thing is they get the money back once you go to court and get sentenced. So if you if you skip town, they just get they just don't get their money back, and that's why bail bondsmen send bounty hunters after people because oh, they got to bring them back to go to trial so that the court will pay them their money. Oh, so he bounced so up you before fuck, you even went you to court. You fuck everybody. You fuck your dad. You fuck, you fuck uh, the the bail bondsman. Yeah, everybody. Gets oh, so fucked. before you went to court, he was he gone. skipped town. Oh, he got shit. he got bailed out and just left. Damn. Yeah, his, he doesn't care about it. He doesn't give a shit about it. this guy's a scammer through and through. Jeez, I didn't, I did not know the process of that. Yeah, it, it's that's I mean I, that dog, the bounty hunter, that big racist is is pretty crazy. But that's why that show existed because he was hmm. hunting people that skipped bond. Oh, okay, I didn't know because the bail I the assist. bail bondsman company they don't get their money unless you go to court. Wow. Yeah, so he did that. Uh, yeah, he that's, that's his dad. That's petty. You get and he called his dad like, Dad, look, man, please, I don't have any. Like he gave him the whole pity thing and all that sad speech on the phone, and then skipped town as soon as he got bailed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the couple's life of scamming and robbing continued in Kabul, where he was arrested again. Charles somehow faked an illness and was able to drug a guard at the hospital, allowing him to escape. Wow. This is why they called him the serpent. He was just able to just get out of situations, skip to another country. He jumps to a lot of countries. Like Yeah, he jumped. To, fake sick is his thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll be Wait till you. All the. He has a whole bag of tricks. This guy's. This guy's. This shit is a movie. This shit mm. sounds amazing. I'm, I'm not even halfway done. <laughs> So yeah, so um, he faked an illness and you know, got out, put drugged the guard, and he fell asleep from drugs, and then uh, escaped the hospital that he pretended to be sick at. Uh, he then fled to Iran, leaving his leaving behind his wife and the young child that they had um, had together in the time that they were jumping around countries. Chantal moved back to France and vowed to never speak to Charles again. There you go. So he gave up. He gave up. He gave up a loyal one. You know. He. he you know that he Fucked just. Up. He doesn't have time for. It. He. He's a criminal. You know. He gave up a, a ride or die. You don't do that, fellas. Mm-hmm. Any woman who will lay on the ground and pretend that she's sick to get you out of a situation is not even that. Any woman who holds you down while you're in prison. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> she Chantal did a lot of yes. things. So you she, just don't. You know. You she don't deserves do, better. You don't do a woman like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you don't get in situations like that. You know? <laughs> Don't go to jail and don't poison people and don't, you know, all these things. He can't. Escape from prison. Sabaraj eventually linked up with a Canadian thrill-seeking tourist named Marie-André Leclerc. Is this a woman? This is a woman. This is his mistress. Hmm. Uh, She became his mistress and accomplice. Charles gathered followers by gaining their loyalty. A typical scam of his was to help his target out of difficult situations. In one case... (laughs) <laughs> he helped two former French policemen. They sought Sabaraj's help to recover their missing passports. Sabaraj had actually stolen the passports. Wow. And, <laughs> he like bumped into him and like fucking. But no, but that's oh. what I, this is where the Robin Hood thing comes into play. He's got all kind of people who might have took the passports, gave them to him, 
But oh then, shit, he but got then, his other people. He got followers. Oh, so shit, then okay. the people, but they got a whole, everybody gets a cut, you know? So it's like, they might take the passports from the cops and then they go, oh man, somebody stole your passports? We know a guy named Sabaraj. He's like a private detective. He can help anybody find anything. And then they go to him, they pay him to help him find it. He's just like, all right, I'll be back. And he comes back 10 minutes later, he gets him out of his locker or whatever. Wow. And he's like, I found him. I had to beat some guys up, but I got him back for you. You should probably give me some extra money for my troubles too. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of shit he would do. In another scheme, another in another scheme, Sabaraj provided shelter for a French man named Dominique Renelo, who appeared to be suffering from dysentery, like you know, shitting yourself mm-hmm. prof- like profusely. <laughs> Charles had actually poisoned Renelo, so he's like, you know, somebody's like sips up, slips something in his drink, and he's like, oh, I think I'm dying. We'll bring you to the doctor of the town, Charles Sabaraj. He's the this local doctor. This reminds me of the guy that you did a while ago. What was it? I think it was it was it an Indian guy. They the, got to have the cult, the cult, I think. Yeah. yeah, this isn't a cult. This is more of like a crime syndicate, but he does have followers right. and people that like hold him down and stuff. But I mean, as but far the, as he's like... not telling them he's a god or anything. Like that. <laughs> he, they're following him like, oh, he's Robin Hood. He gets from give, takes from the rich and gives to the poor. It's almost like some Ocean's Eleven shit. Like, oh, this guy's the acrobat and this guy is the disguise guy and I, I'm Charles Sabaraj. I'm the leader of the, the crew and I send them out and we have we go it's like some Grand Theft Auto shit like they it's go crazy. out on missions so it's not really culty it's more of like crime network shit fucking heist yeah exactly um yeah Charles eventually linked up with a young Indian named Ajay Chowdhury a fellow criminal who eventually became his second in command the duo committed their first known murder in 1975 most of them, most of their victims were people they had convinced to commit crimes with them, who would then threaten to expose the crimes to the authorities. So it's like you gotta, you know, if you want, if I think you're gonna snitch, I gotta take you out. You gotta go. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was most of the time is what they were saying. This guy's networking is crazy. Yeah, he convinces people to do some crazy <laughs> shit. You know, he's very like mobbish, very like Italian mob kind of mm. vibes. But he's from Saigon. He's from the he's from Vietnam. Mm. Um. The first victim was a young woman from Seattle named Teresa Knowlton. She was found drowned in a tidal pool in the Gulf of Thailand. The next victim was a, was a young nomad named Vitaly Hakim. Uh, you know what a nomad is, right? Mm-mm. Just like somebody that wanders. from. They don't have a home, you know. Like, a, like, a like if a nomad, a no, the equivalent of a nomad here would be like a bum with the stick and bindle and just rides the train. Just a journeyman. Yeah. Sure, that's another word for it. <laughs> Hops on the train. I go from Cincinnati to Chicago, from Chicago to L.A., and I don't have a home, man. Wherever I get a hot bed at night, I mean a bed at night and a hot meal, that's where I live. Okay. So he killed a guy who was kind of like that. Wow. His name was Vitaly Hakim, whose body he burned, and Damn. the body was eventually found on a road to a resort where Charles and his growing clan were staying. A burnt body? Yeah, they eventually found it. Um... A, a Dutch couple was invited to Thailand after meeting Sabaraj in Hong Kong. They Damn, were, yeah. I mean, he's guys all over the place. Yeah, I mean, if this guy was like working for like um, what's that like uh Amway or something, anything like that, where he like sells things, uh-huh. he'd be a great door to door salesman. Wow, he's really good at like being like again. He's very Ted Bundy esque. Great smile, I suppose. Tall, good looking Vietnamese guys. Like, hi, I'm Charles. Do you want to be my friend? So he did that to these Dutch people in in Hong Kong, and then called them and was like, "Hey, man, we're in Thailand. You want to come to Thailand and hang out?" Mm. So check this out. Uh, 
The couple gets the the couple gets to Thailand. He poisons them, and then nurtures them back to health. And while he nurtures them back to health, he gains their loyalty. Like they don't know he poisoned them. It's like, oh, we have like Taiwan flu. We're gonna die. And he's like, don't worry, I'll save you. I'm a doctor. And then while he's he's nursing you back to health, you feel like loyal to him mm-hmm. and like you owe him something. Thank you. He expects more than that. He expects <laughs> to be like, okay, so now I need you to go steal some diamonds from. This yeah, no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, that's great. Yeah, so he gained their obedience through um, healing them, and as they continued to recover, Sabaraj was visited by his previous victim, uh, Vitali Hakim's, his girlfriend. Who had come to investigate his disappearance? That's the one that burned, right? That's the one he burned, mm-hmm. and they, she, he's still missing at this point. They hadn't found him yet. Mm. Um, so she comes, and fearing fearing exposure, Sabaraj and Cowdery, his second in command, quickly hustled the couple out. Their bodies were found strangled and burned on December sixteenth, nineteen seventy five. Soon after, the body of uh, Charmaine Carew, this is the girlfriend who came and ruined his whole plan to brainwash these this Dutch couple. Wait, this is who girlfriend? Vitaly. Vitaly. Okay. The I one that you. came okay. and Yeah, I got yeah. You. Okay. So they found they find her body soon after finding the Dutch couple. Um Oh, so he killed the one He killed he everybody. Poisoned. He was like this whole thing fell apart. What? She's looking for Vitaly. I'm going to kill her, but I'm going to kill the Dutch couple. I'm going to take them out first and I'm going to kill them and I'm going to kill her too. Wait, no witnesses. I think I might have missed something. So what did what did the couple do for him? The Dutch couple didn't do anything. They they were still recovering from being poisoned. Oh, but right. he, so they're still like getting their strength back from being oh, poisoned. Thought, but they're they're loyal to him now. Oh, I thought he got him to do something at some point. No, okay. no, no. They're still recovering from being poisoned. He hasn't even got to use him yet. Oh. So I know he's mad about that. He's like, "Fuck, man! They they just pledged obedience to me, and now this bitch wants to come and fucking knock on doors looking for her boyfriend. Mm. He's dead. Get over it. So now I gotta have uh my boy uh a Jay." Take them out back. Mm-hmm. We'll deal with them later. I'm going to kill her, mm-hmm. and then we'll kill them later. Unfortunately, they would have been a good addition to the team. Dang. It sucks it had to be done, but business is business. So, yeah, he killed everybody in that scenario. The girlfriend, the couple, everybody. That's sad, man. She coming to find her husband. Yeah, she's just coming to look for her man, mm-hmm. and she dies too. That's crazy. So she was drowned and found wearing a similar bikini as the first victim, Teresa Knowlton, because she was found in a like a pool. Um, and later on down the road, after some investigating, once they were able to pinpoint that Charles was the killer, they named him the bikini killer. That's the only reason. It was two of his victims had, had similar bikinis on. So that was that became one of his nicknames. So at this point, he has two nicknames, the bikini killer, because two of his victims had similar bikinis on, mm-hmm. and the serpent, because this motherfucker was just like... Oh, I'm in Hong Kong. Now I'm in Thailand. Now I'm in France. That's crazy. He just now I'm in Saigon. You know, he's now I escaped from prison. Oh, I'm sick. Psych. <laughs> took your gun. Now I'm out. You know, so they called him the Serpent and the Bikini Killer. On December 18th, the bodies of the Dutch couples were found. Okay. So he killed them on the 16th. And they were found two days later. So okay. scratch everything I just said. But they found them. So the 16th is when he did it, mm-hmm. and the 18th is when they found the bodies. Right. Um. Yeah. So this is when they were found and identified. Sabaraj and his mistress, Marie-Andre Leclerc, entered Nepal using the deceased pair's passport. So the Dutch couple that he poisoned and eventually killed snatched their passports off of them, gave the other one to his mistress, and they went to Nepal together. Because it's the 70s, and I guess they didn't have photos on them or something. It's like, yeah, my name is Mike Smith or whatever, you know. It's crazy. 
Um, so yeah, they just jump from country. Also, that's the cool. That's why I want to go to Europe someday. Is because the way America is all huge and stuff, mm-hmm. and you can go from like here to Virginia and here to New York and all this kind of stuff. Those are all countries over there. It's it's the same kind of setup, except you can go from you can hop on a a, a bus and go from Paris to Germany in like eight hours or something. Like you can just jump from country. You can country hop the mm-hmm. way you would go from. You hop on a mega bus and go to New York. You could hop on a bus there and go from Paris to like wherever. States, you know? Go to Amsterdam. That's and cool. Kind of, yeah. So, hmm. but he's doing that. Wow. But he's also going from like there to Asia. Like he's jumping. I was saying he went to Hong Kong. Yeah, he's jumping everywhere. This guy's <laughs> this guy's nut. I don't. It's nineteen seventy five. I don't know if he's getting on planes. He must be. He's he's very mobile. He, like he's he, he, I'm guessing he got experience on boats. Yeah, he's got experience <laughs> on everything. Land, planes, trains, automobiles, everything. Uh. Yeah, so they're in Nepal using the pair, the Dutch couple's passports. Uh, Lecrec, Leclerc, and, Sub, and uh, Sobera. Yeah, I can't say her name. It's L-E-C-L-E-R-C. It's like Leclerc. So Leclerc and Sabaraj meet up in Nepal on December 21st and murder Laurent Carrier, a 26-year-old Canadian man, and Connie Bronzik, a 29-year-old woman from the U.S. The couple returned to Thailand using their latest victim's passports mm. before the bodies could be identified. So they got to do that quick. Yeah. And I, I, I'm as far as from what I read, the only reason they met up to kill that couple was to take their passports to get back to Thailand. <laughs> like, it's some, like, Bonnie and Clyde, like, some real Mr. and Mrs. Smith assassin shit. Like, they're killing people, taking their passports off mm-hmm. of them, using their passports to go back into and Thailand. Then, and then ditching them. And throw them away. Yeah, just throw them away. Get new ones. Mm-hmm. Every time they get new passports, that's a that's new body. Um, yeah. So the couple returned to Thailand. Should be called the Passport Killer. That's a better nickname. I mean, the Bikini Killer isn't good. The Serpent is great, but yeah. the Bikini Killer is stupid. That Maybe it wild. sounds better in Thai, but I don't know. I don't know how to say it in Thai. In Amer in English, it's it's the Bikini Killer. I think that's just a coincidence. That it was just too. It is a coincidence. I mean, he they were in water. The I don't think he was like killer. he didn't kill women in bikinis. He just killed two women that were in. When bikinis. you told me that to get out, I thought he went to like a beach. Yeah, that. no, that's what I thought too. But no, he just happened to kill two women that were in bikinis. Oh, okay. None of his other victims are in bikinis. He has a lot more victims. Um, yeah, so they go back into Thailand using their latest victims' passports from Nepal before the bodies could be identified once again. So they're quick, in and out. Murder, passports, get in before the bodies are identified, before you realize you're, these are people are dead. Mm. Um, upon his return, Sabaraj discovered that three of his companions had started to suspect him of being a serial killer mm. after finding documents belonging to other to murder victims, which I would assume is like a big box of passports that he has in his house or mm-hmm. something. Because, you know, a lot of killers keep trophies. So he's probably like, we should keep them just in case we got to use them again. But, he's like, but something about him, he just can't burn and or throw away. Right. Yeah, so... The companions fled to Paris after noticing after notifying authorities. So they were like, "Look, we think he's a killer. We're gone. He's not killing us." They fled to France. Oh, these is his his companions. His companions. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Sobaraj's next destination was either v- Varanasi or Calcutta, where he murdered is- Israeli scholar Avani Jacob simply to obtain J- Jacob's passport. Sabaraj used the passport to travel with Leclerc and Calherdy. So he got his boy back. They're, they're three deep, mm-hmm. traveling like a squad of murderers. He got his boy, uh, <laughs> a Jay, got his girl with him. There's like probably looking fly, walking through the airport in slow motion. Sunglasses on. Yeah, this, this is. 
this could be a movie straight up but um yeah so first the three went to singapore then to india and in march of 19 that also sounds like they're having a great time I mean, right seeing the traveling. world you know it's getting all kind of experiences um <laughs> killing people <laughs> uh <laughs> give me passports yeah you stamp, know yeah, get it's all fun these yeah you get a stamp they stamp <laughs> it you get on the plane you know seeing different different environments <laughs> different you know uh, in March of 1976, they returned to Bangkok, despite knowing that authorities there sought him. The clan was interrogated by Thai policemen in connection with the murders, but released because authorities feared that the negative publicity accompanying the, a murder trial would harm the country's tourist industry. So they were read, like, read that again. Read that again. So I'm gonna say it in. I'm gonna say it in. Okay. Language. So they traveled to a couple of different countries, but eventually they end up going back to Bangkok, which is in Thailand. Right. Even though. Those his his companions had snitched on him, and he was suspected of being a murderer. Mm. So they still go back. They get taken into custody. They get interrogated. But after the Taiwanese, not Taiwanese, that's a different country. After the Thai police were like, "Oh, this would make us look bad," and this country is really heavy. A lot of our money comes from tourism, mm-hmm. and a murder trial will make us look bad. So let's just not even go too much further into this. And they let them go. Or let him go. I think it was just him that was suspected of being a, a murderer, but they let him go because it would look bad. That's crazy. Yeah. It's all about the money. Yeah. And also, I want to go to Thailand. I would. I don't know if I would trust people now because he also mm-hmm. has a lot of scams where he's like, oh, you want to ride? Like like uh, to, to tourists. Mm-hmm. A lot of, if you notice, a lot of people was like that he killed her from like other countries, like Canada, you know. Right. He kills people that from are the, on uh, traveling. Right. You know, he kills uh, tourists. Right. Um, so I probably would keep to myself, you know, but I, Thailand, you could go there. JJ just came, I, my friend JJ just came back from Thailand and he said like $5 there is like 500 baht. Yeah. My dad, my dad. Yeah. He's, I mean like you could go there with three grand and live like a king. That's crazy. Money's the, the, the food's cheap on the streets. It's not cheap. It's just the currency exchange is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he said he, some guy told him that he had a crazy bar tab of like. Yeah, they, we were buying rounds for everybody. It was like twenty five thousand baht. That's twenty five hundred dollars. That's a that's a lot of money to me 25, too. Th- dang. That's twenty five twenty five thousand baht is like twenty five hundred dollars. Okay. But twenty five hundred dollars is a big bar tab. But if you're in Thailand and balling out, like if like if that was a rapper's bar tab, that's not a lot of money for a fun night. But twenty five thousand baht is a lot of money. He probably paid that guy's whole life for like a couple months with that's 25 crazy. whoever the bartender was that night so that's the that's the currency exchange so mm. i still want to go even though this story is pretty crazy um so the a dutch embassy representative investigating the death of the two of the dutch couple that he poisoned was given permission to search sabaraj's apartment in thailand where he uncovered documents and passports as well as poisons and syringes so this dutch couple ended up becoming the beginning of his undoing because the Dutch embassy wasn't letting this. I guess they're a small country. They're like two of our people got How killed. How did they get permission from the Thai oh. police? You know, you got they got police because they the, had him in custody. Is that no, why? because they, well, they had him in custody. He was a suspect. The Dutch people. He was a suspect of killing these two Dutch people. Oh, so they 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 taking over for them. Yeah, so they're basically gotcha. like, okay, y'all are giving up on this case for we'll some reason. It. Okay, can we come and do our own investigation? Mm-hmm. If this was a movie, this would be like Steven Seagal coming over and being like, they gave up on this case. I'm gonna go out there and see what's do going myself. on. Right. And then he's asking police, and they're like, just let it go, man. We 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 don't know, but we have a guy we brought in custody. His name's Charles Sabaraj. 
Charles Sabaraj, huh? Can I, go, <laughs> can I go check out his apartment? Okay. Yeah, you can go ahead. You got five minutes. Five minutes in and out. Don't touch anything. <laughs> and he goes and he's like, mm, a lot of passports in here. This guy's a man of many faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then, so now he's priority number one for the Dutch police because they think he killed their two citizens. Mm-hmm. But he's already gone. Oh, he does. He's now. already. Oh, I should have known. Yeah, that. Oh, come on. This guy's a serpent. <laughs> so a month. Actually, also the the big part that I missed out on that is they got permission from the Thai police a month after he was oh, already okay. gone. Oh, a month gone. after they had already let him out. So he already got into custody. So he's, he's like, oh, gone. this we're we're hot here. Like, let's go. So a month after he is gone, the Dutch people come in and go check his apartment, and they're like, yeah, man, there's a bunch of poison and all kind of crazy shit in here, and passports from other people. This is the guy. As soon as he released, he was out of there. Hell yeah, he definitely was like, hey, uh, 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 a Jay, meet me at the airport. We out of here. Go get a new passport. Get wink, new wink. Passports, yeah, right. you know, wink, wink. You know what I mean. Yeah, Cal Hurdy. So, yeah, Cal Hurdy, Sabaraj, and, L- and Lek Lurk had landed in Malaysia where Cal Hurdy was sent to steal gems. And this is where this shit gets cold-blooded. After delivering the gems to Sabaraj, Cal Hurdy and his remains were never seen again. Wow. So he killed his right-hand man. Ruthless. Ruthless, man. <laughs> uh, Damn. Yeah. It is believed that Sabaraj murdered his former accomplice before leaving Malaysia to continue his and Leclerc's role as gem salesmen. In Geneva. So they would pretend they had a scheme of. This guy. It's all about the scam, man. Pretended to be this guy's best friend. Maybe he was his best friend. Maybe he really loved him. But when it came down to it's me or you. That's fucking crazy. It's me or you. That's And he was like. Sent him out to get gems, you say, right? Yep. Because they had a scam with him and his girl where they would pretend to be gem salesmen. And in Geneva, put on suits probably and be like, these are some gems we just are for sale. He had hella scams. He had hella crazy scams. He was like, well, uh, you're you're hot right now. You stole these. You're hot. We can't stay in Malaysia long. And when we travel with you, now they're looking for you too. Die. That's cold. And they never they never found him. Wow. Uh, now, there is a rumor. That somebody There's a rumor that somebody saw him in, like, Germany or something. Uh, Hurdy. Mm. But the rumors got, like, disproven. Uh. But... I like to think. That's cool. I like to think. That's what this shit is like. A movie. <laughs> I like to think it was like, look, man, I'm gonna fake your death, bro. We can't like they're crying on a mountaintop. Like, this is this is the end for us, brother. You know, I see you on the and other they side. Just, they just went there. Split ways. the gems. He's like, hey, you take half the gem. That would be cool. That would right? be a cool ending. It's, it's, this guy's <laughs> an animal, but it's, you kind of like like the story. I don't like what he's doing, but like it's pick. Like if this was a Leonardo DiCaprio and like Tom Hardy movie, and they're two guys cool. like you know getting heists off and. There's a girl involved. Maybe the girl's like, I don't know, Rachel McAdams or something. Just, he, he wouldn't do no. He wouldn't do nothing honest like that. Well, he oh, dipped like, out. Yeah, he man, dipped he out on his girl gym. and his son. So I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm not buying. I couldn't see that him doing that. Now, I, the one part that I left out because it was kind of lengthy as far as when he left his wife and his kid is the way that he left. As according to the story, she was still loyal to him. So he didn't do him dirty. He just was like, you know. I got to continue this life. I'm, I got to go. He never like, he, everybody still liked him. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. she went to, she went, she went to Paris and when she said she vowed to never speak to him again, it was like a kind of thing where it was like, it's better for me if I don't, but I would. It was one of those where he's oh, like, okay. I got, I got to let you go. 
I love you so much, but All I just right. I gotta. Okay. Nobody was like fuck him. Everybody liked him still. But this dude just so dis- maybe it's he, possible that he was like he just dis. I, but then again, I was like I don't serpent. see him just dis. If he just he just disappeared after he did that job, it's like I don't know. That's but this but it but but that would be cool. Though. Now if he he chopped him up and shit, that's awful, right? Right. But if he like just faked his death and. You know, they went their separate ways. I was like, this is going to come to an end soon. Yeah, man. hey, bro. You know, here's your cut of the gym. That's I like a, the end of a crazy uh, Martin Scorsese movie. Like, oh, no, turns out he was in Germany. The so what about time. the girl? She still they went back to They went back doing their gym scheme. Hmm. Just okay. the two of them. Uh, soon, back in Asia, Sabara started, a, started to build a new crime family, starting with two lost Western women, Barbara Smith and Mary Ellen Ether in Bombay, India. Sabaraj's next victim was a Frenchman named Jean-Luc Stallman, whose poisoning during a robbery simply intended to incapacitate him, left him dead. So this guy, he apparently didn't mean to kill, but he overpoisoned him and he died. He but fucked I, up. He just, he just wanted to poison him to rob him. Mm-hmm. So he's, I think with the syringe thing, I imagine, I guess he comes up behind you and like and gets neck, you in the neck with the... What do you, so did he do it to... To try his his little shit he do with like get him back. Oh, he was just doing it to rob him. Oh yeah, he this, wasn't he wasn't doing it to, to gain their trust. No, no, he oh. he had just gotten back to no. He was just trying to rob this guy. Oh okay, All right. he wasn't because now at this point he's like on the run. He he got him all women crew, hmm. and then they got back they got back into um they got back into Asia and they start committing their little crimes. But their their home base is set up. But this guy he was just trying to rob. But he overpoisoned him and he killed him. He killed him by accident in quotes but don't poison people right and then maybe you won't over poison them and kill them in july 1976 in new delhi sabaraj joined by his three women his three woman clan tricked a group of french tourists of, of french grad students into accepting them as tour guides sabaraj then poisoned them by giving them pills which he told them were anti-dysentery medicine so again he has like this little playbook of schemes of like Dysentery. That's smart. You've been he, poisoned. You this. He got women too. Yeah. So he's, he's like, hey, we're just. <laughs> they probably pretty. Hey, we're a nice tour guide no. group. You guys want to take a tour with us? This is why they tell you don't go off the reservation in Jamaica, because as pretty as Jamaica is, and like white people love going to Jamaica, and you know everybody loves going to Jamaica, not mm-hmm. just white people, but like people love going to Jamaica because of the resorts and all that. Jamaica's a fucking third world country. And if you go outside of the Sandals Resort, mm-hmm. there will be a guy that's there like, hey, man, brother, because they call you, br- hey, br- you remember when we went? We went there, yeah. yeah. Hey, brother, hey, come come take a cab ride with me. And they got the Carnival Cruise cabs and all mm-hmm. that. No, no, I'll give you a good discount, man. I'll show you the real fun stuff. And then they take you up into them woods and send out a radio phone call to somebody saying, look, we got an American. Mm. We want we want $10,000. So don't. That's crazy. You know, and this, so th- this is this is his scheme. Yeah, I'm gonna get some French. There's some French dumb, dopey tourists probably wear their shirts tucked in and got fanny packs on. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's a good mark. And it's like, I think it's like eight of them. It's a group of mm. them. And it's like, yeah, it's, tell them, oh, in order for you to ride on this bus with us, you gotta take this dysentery medicine because we don't want you shitting all over the bus. But it's really poison. Wow. However, the drugs started acting faster than he had anticipated, and the students started falling unconscious. Three of the students, realizing what Sabaraj had done. They overpowered, they overpowered him and then called the police. 
During interrogation, his new accomplices, Barbara and Mary Ellen, quickly buckled and confessed. Mm. So they were new. You know, they hadn't been seasoned yet. They were like, we're just we're just on vacation. This guy, we just wanted to have a good time. We didn't know it was going to get this crazy. He's poisoning people. We just like stealing wallets. They snitched on him immediately. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Sabaraj was charged with murder with the murder of Solomon, the man that he overpoisoned. John Luke uh, Solomon and all four were sent to prison in New Delhi to await formal trial. Sabaraj was sentenced to seven years of hard labor with time added on for drugging the French tourists. So this was all in the country that he, all in New Delhi. Seven years? Seven years hard labor, which there's like probably a chain, like a chain gang from slave time, <laughs> like you're breaking rocks all day with a, with a fork, with a pitchfork. Like not, I mean, not the jail's cool, but like, Hard labor sounds like you're outside in the sun all day. Or fringe. Yeah, you know, with a chain on your ankle and no water. Like, mm. some crazy shit. So, he got, yeah, he got seven years hard hard labor and with additional time added because he poisoned all those French tourists. Uh, And I'm sorry, this was in Thailand. The Thai government was told that it would... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was in New Delhi. The Thai government was told that it would have to wait until... Until after he finished his sentence, before he would be able to be tried there. So check this mother. This Leonardo DiCaprio. Look up this. No, that would be whitewashing. Um, Dev Patel. No, I don't know an uh, Vietnamese actor, but somebody look into the story and do a 2017. This is check this out. So in 1986, Sabaraj escaped from jail in New Delhi after drugging guards during a party. Wow. I mean, where party. do you get drugs? Who's party? Who party? I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot like, of whys going yeah, on. I, so, yeah. So, he drugs. The, <laughs> although he was captured less than a month later. So, check this out. That wasn't the crazy part they escaped, that he got out of jail. Although he was captured only a month later, it was believed to be yet another calculated move by the serpent. With additional time tacked on for the escape, Sabaraj remained in prison in India as the 20-year statute of limitations on his crimes in Thailand ran out allowing him to avoid what likely would have been the death penalty released in 1997. He returned to Paris and enjoyed a celebrity lifestyle. Wait, read that again. The end part again. I'm not going to read it. Okay. I'm going to tell it to you. Okay. So this motherfucker, they believe, and I believe too, because of his track record, he escaped from jail on purpose so that he would be stuck in jail where he was in new Delhi for 20 years because after 20 years, he can't be charged for what he did in Thailand. Wow. For killing the Dutch couple, for killing the nomad, for killing his no, the nomad's girlfriend, for killing the girl who, who was in a pool, the two bikini girls, the other one. He can't be charged for any of those because it's a 20-year statute of limitations. So he escaped from jail to get, to get more time to get more time so that he will pass the statute of limitations in New Delhi or while he was in New Delhi so that once he got out, Thailand can't extradite him back to Thailand. But what about the people that was... That took over for Thailand for for the for the um, they Thail- still got murdered in Thailand. No, I'm talking about the ones the Dutch that, people. The Dutch, yeah, but they still got murdered in Thailand. Oh god! Oh, they was just from they, they was they were coming to finish the investigation. Okay. Yeah, okay, because they were still citizens happened, from there. It okay. still happened okay, in Thailand. Okay, though. Okay, I got you. I got so you. he passed the statute of limitations in New Delhi jail, got out for the seven years plus whatever for poisoning them, and then moved to France and was get got treated like a you know. Like OJ, I guess. Like, Why? Because it's like, oh shit, man, you were all over the news for that crazy shit, for murdering Fucking people and guy stuff. Is a you want to drink? Yes. Want to drink? You know, like that kind of shit. 
But here, so check it out. Sabaraj's newfound freedom would only last so long as he was arrested in Nepal in 2003, the following year. He was he was convicted of the 1975 murder of American backpacker Connie, Connie Joe Bronzik and was sentenced to a life term. He allegedly attempted another prison escape in 2004 and unsuccessfully appealed to have his sentence overturned. Sabaraj's uh, problems mounted in 2014 when he was convicted in Nepal again in ni- of the 1975 murder of the Canadian tour. So the couple that mm-hmm. they killed him and his girl killed to get their passports. passports. Right. He got convicted of the second one a few years later. So I don't know if they, it took them a decade to piece together that those two people were together mm-hmm. and they, they both were because of him. So he got then convicted of that. Uh, the ruling was upheld by an appellate court in 2015. So he's in jail. But this is the crazy shit. I don't have. I didn't do much of extra research on this, but check this out. So he's in jail in Nepal for mm-hmm. double murder. In June of last year, he had successfully gotten an open heart surgery. Last year? Last year. They like, he was having heart problems and he's got a girlfriend that he's trying to get married to and all this kind of stuff. And she donated a pint of blood for his surgery. And he got open heart surgery done in June that was successful. And this guy's like 72 years old. I'm sure there's people that are on a list to get an open heart surgery done. Wow. And they, this fucking guy has killed at least two people in Nepal that they know of and is convict is like suspected of killing five, which he did, but they can't charge him in Thailand. He's still in prison though, right? He's in prison, but they like, he's fuck probably him. having a good time. It's like, hey, uh, my heart hurts. All right, okay. Oh, fuck out Okay, Charles, man, you know, th- we don't want that to happen to you. Let's take you over to the hospital, get you looked at. Um, there's a picture of him with the guy that did the... <laughs> The <laughs> the guy did the surgery with his arm around him. This guy is That's just so likable. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so um, that was the story of Charles Charles Sabaraj, a.k.a. the Serpent, a.k.a. the Bikini Killer. Why the fuck he gets a, a heart surgery before that's anybody else? That's a great question, man. I mean, that's, look, man, some bullshit. people are just likable. You know? That got me hot. <laughs> you know, some people, some people you might call a restaurant and they might say they have no reservations, but if the right person calls, a table opens up. Wow. That's Charles's life. He just knows how to charm the pants off people. And the and the shirts off people and the shoes off people and then kill people and, and the then take their money people. and the bikinis off people and then kills those people. So yeah, that was the story of Charles Sabaraj. Again, I would love to have every aspect of Charles Sabaraj's life other than being a criminal and a murderer, because other than that, he lived a phenomenal. It was like he's seen everything. I mean, he's seen been all around the world, man. Women loved him. Men loved him. He had a great friends until they turned his, their back on him. He's had children. He's traveled country to country. And just in that time of things, he happened to kill a couple of people. Right. So I wouldn't want Charles Sabaraj's entire life, but I would like to see some of the things Charles Sabaraj yeah. has seen. I mean, he's just seen, that's just a fact. He's seen some amazing things. And don't let this discourage you from traveling abroad, people. Taken and this story you know, they're relative. Don't let these stories discourage you from going and talking to people and meeting people and all this kind of stuff. But you got to keep that wall out. You got to always be on the lookout Mm -hmm. because these motherfuckers will come out of the woods with syringes right after they just bought you a drink. They'll come back from behind, syringe you in the neck, poison you, and now you are in a cult of some kind. Yeah, now now he's telling you you're indebted to him and you have to help him rob people now. So meet people, be friendly to people, love people. Of all ethnicities and backgrounds and colors and creeds and all that. But always be on the lookout. And with that gem being dropped, and not gems by my boy uh uh a Jay Cowherd Cowherds, 
who's probably in Germany right now. Let's just be honest. That's 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 that's, that's how that story ends for me. That's that's the that's the direction I'm. That's how that story ends for me. He's just rich, smoking a cigar on a beach somewhere. Yeah, you know, like the end of fucking Shawshank Redemption, just like, hello. <laughs> He's like sends a letter to uh, sends a letter to Charles in jail, like hello Charles. <laughs> I made it to that beach we talked about. <laughs> I'm enjoying the gems as we speak. I hope this letter finds you well, Ajay. I've been Alvin Williams alongside with my partner and true crime friend, so Evans. Next time. And we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces.